It's on. Oh, no. No, it's not. There it is. No, maybe. Wow. Folks, we, we screwed up, but it is on. And welcome to another episode of The Covert Show. I do not have my cell phone. I just realized that. So, but ladies and gentlemen, sorry. Welcome to another episode of The Covert Show. We are back on for another week. JC is feeling a little under the weather, so Nick is rolling solo again. And, you know, the, the, there, there was been a lot on Instagram. And, you know, we like to post a lot on social media. And JC has been under the weather, like I said. But Nick's been doing his thing. And we posted a video on the Instagram. And it was a, a weird, weird challenge. So, um, my roommate Lucy decided that she found a TikTok that she wanted to try. And the trend was eating Oreos with mustard topped on it. Now, I don't know where this came from. I believe she said some pregnant lady that she saw on TikTok had this trend. And she she was like, well, we're going to try it. And so she tried it. And so, you know, we were skeptical at first. And so basically what happened was she tried it, we filmed it, and I put it on Instagram and I said, if you want to see us do it, or me, it'll take 25 likes. Well, lo and behold, you guys held strong at 13, and I was like, yes, I'm not going to have to do it. Well, too late. It's at 43 now, so it's getting a lot of views on the good old Instagram. So today we have a special treat for you. We got a bottle of mustard. And we have Oreos. Now, full discretion, if you guys want to try it, try it. I'm not a... Ugh. I'm not a mustard fan. This looks, I'm, I gotta glob it. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, I'm not a mustard fan, but we will see how this goes. Bon appetit. No freaking way. <laughs> nope. No way. Full disclosure, it is awful. Do not try it. Oh, no. Uh-oh. No, sir. Not for Nick. Definitely, definitely not for, for Nick. Oh, that is weird. It's like tangy. Oh. No, I'd give that like maybe a 4 out of 10. It wasn't horrible, but I just don't like it. I'm not a mustard guy at all. I don't like it. That's not good. No bueno for Nick. Mm-mm. <laughs> yeah, no bueno. All right. Well, there's the there's the opening, and I should have probably waited till the end of the show to do this, but I thought I would give you guys some entertainment. And for those of you who are wondering... The chocolate is still there, like the Oreo cookie is still there, and then all of a sudden you get a little bit of a taste of mustard when you first put the cookie, like, in your mouth. You start chewing it around a little bit. Sorry, weird, but it gets tangy. Uh-uh. Nick is not a fan. No bueno. Nick is not a fan. Oh, that just, no. Uh-uh. No, sir. Oh. I don't like that. 
that is just weird. I don't know how she does it. She eats a lot of these, and I just don't get it. So, there is that for you guys. Hope you guys enjoy. Today's video, or podcast anyways, there's going to be videos on Instagram and TikTok, but today's episode, we've got a wonderful, I tried a new brewery. I was in Hy-Vee last week, and we dis- and I was talking to the talking to the beer ambassador there, and he was selling some fire trucker brewery beers. And so I've got two today for the show. I've got just a normal Iowa American IPA, which tastes really good, by the way. Um, definitely got a little bit of a bite to it. It's very smooth. Um, if you like the Des Moines IPA from Confluence, it's pretty much like that. It's just kind of smooth, simple, a little bit of a bite. The other one on the list that we will have, which I thoroughly enjoy, and I'm not the biggest mango fan. I will say the mangoes are are decent, but the Fire Trucker Tropical Beach or Tropical Burn Mango IPA. So, both of them are very good. I only have two left because NFL playoffs last week hit me hard, and we were I was drinking a little bit. I was enjoying the playoffs, enjoying some football. Had a couple of beers on the grill. If you saw that video as well on the good old Instagram, it was a good day. Was grilling some chicken and some elk sausage. The elk sausage turned out phenomenal. Maybe just a little overcooked, but it was uh, stuffed with pepper jack cheese as well. So just cubed up with that. Oh my gosh, it was so delicious. Enjoying a nice beer. We had some nice weather last week in Iowa, but you know what? Today, the other day, it snowed. And so sitting there along with that, I was just like, well, you know what? It's 45 degrees in January. You can't pass this up. So I broke the grill out. Ended up grilling up some chicken breasts. We had a friend over, um, and we were just kind of chilling out. So I made some chicken and some elk sausage. Had that. Took it for lunch for the week. It was really, really good. So, oh, it's still, it's still, I have a weird aftertaste. I can't get over that. I, I really can't. It's just, it's so weird. Oh, well. Get over it, Nick. Quit being a baby. But. So with that being said, I mean, there's not not a whole lot to, to talk about. I mean, well, there is a lot to talk about. I shouldn't say there's not a whole lot to talk about. Went and saw the new Avatar movie a couple weeks ago. Avatar Way of the Water. I believe I talked about it in the last episode. If not, short recap, it kind of more takes place in the future. I think it's, I want to I forget how many years it is in the future, so... Um, basically it falls around the, the family of Jake Sully, which is fantastic because I love Jake Sully's character. Uh, Sam Washington does a fantastic job playing him. And then it hops into the future where humans start coming back to Pandora and they're trying to still continue to get resources out and make it, um, a human populated planet and try to take over. Well, you know what? It's Avatar. It's alien movies. Anytime that there's a hostile takeover by humans, does it really go well? Not so much. So the the final battle scene is is pretty good. Um, not a whole no spoiler alert kind of is, but it's not a huge war battle. There's like four more movies ready to go in the installment, so they didn't want to fully give you a big ass battle at the beginning of the second movie or at the end of the second movie. They gave you a good fight scene and everything like that. The action all the way through is pretty good. So keep that in mind if you are coming out for your next or going to your next movie experience. Babylon is out with Margot Robbie. Brad Pitt, and, um, oh my gosh, why am I blanking on this? Um, Tobey Maguire, first Spider-Man. Um, but that movie is out. I really want to go see that. I've heard a lot of great things about Babylon. Um, I've seen a lot of the trailers, and I'm super, super excited. The new Scream trailer dropped today. For, like, Scream, I don't know what number they're on. It's, like, I think nine. 
Let me look this up here on my handy-dandy laptop here. Scream trailer. Oh, I think it's Scream. Is it just Scream 6 that they're moving on? It is just Scream 6. I thought it was Scream 9. Oh, boy. Well, so Scream 9 is out. Jenna Ortega is cast in that movie as well, but that trailer has just dropped today. It's pretty. It's a pretty epic trailer. So definitely one that you have to go check out. I'm somewhat into the Scream series. I haven't watched Scream in a while, so I'll have to go back and watch through and uh, see where you can get through. Courtney Cox, I believe, is also in it. Um, so there's just a lot that you got to go over with that. Um, the new movie, Emma, has dropped or is dropping as well. The one with the... They kind of made it like Chucky, except it's more of an AI. Um, the doll looks... Cre- or the, the doll in it looks really, really creepy, the AI robot. So um, might have to check that one out. It's another slasher movie. If you guys haven't figured this out yet, I'm a dude who likes slasher horrors. I'm not one of the biggest fans of, like, possession horrors. That one kind of freaks me out just a little bit, just... Seems almost more real. And how are you supposed to beat a ghost? Like, what am I supposed to do? I can give the sign of the cross on it. I can get somebody to come in and just exorcism the whole house. But, I mean, holy shit, guys. I'm not the biggest with that because that's freaky as hell. I don't want to be sitting floating in my bed or having somebody I know start floating from the ground or just go all demon exorcism on me. And I'm just like, or exorcism on me. I'm just like, (laughs) please help me. So... With that, a lot of great movies coming out, or a lot of great movies still planning on coming out as well. Um, Ant Man into the quantum, or into the quantum realm. Um, that one should be really, really good. All the trailers to that seem great. Um, they're bringing in Kane the Conqueror, which is awesome. If you haven't seen the Marvel, or if you haven't done a lot with the Marvel comics, Kane is one of the Celestials in the Marvel comics. Controls a lot of the universe, um, mainly found in the quantum realm now, and so they're bringing him in as well, and it's a great cast in Ant-Man, usually. Another movie that we watched over the last couple of weeks, The Glass Onion. There's been a lot of a, a lot of stuff on TikTok about it, especially with Madeline Klein. Madeline Klein is in the movie, folks. You can calm down. Dave Bautista is in the movie as well. The cast along that. Daniel Craig is also in it. Love him in James Bond, so it's also different to see him in a, I would say almost in an investigative piece. If you haven't seen Knives Out either, it's the second installment in the movie Knives Out. But Daniel Craig, um, the former James Bond, he's in it. It is great. It's pretty pretty comedic at times, and definitely the the plot is very, um, it's very chaotic. I would say so. Like when you're actually focusing kind of on the investigation and everything that he's supposed to be designed in, there's a whole different like four or five different storylines that all lead up into it. So um, definitely a good watch if you got time on Netflix. Go sit down, go watch it. It's super super fun. Um, and you can kind of keep the mystery through it going as well. It's a lot harder to predict than you think at some cases, but it's definitely every it's all laid out for you. Also, Knives Out, very, very good movie as well. His first movie that Daniel Craig was the investigator. Um, Benoit Blanc is the character's name for him. So he takes place in the first movie, and then it kind of just moves forward. They're uh, releasing a new one as well soon. But the biggest one I wanted to get to and talk about, super... Excited for this. Watched it on Sunday when it dropped. And that's The Last of Us. Oh my gosh, I was so excited for this. And family and friends, it did not disappoint at all. Did not 
in the slightest. I mean, it was so, so well done. There was a lot of little changes that they had to make from the game, but pretty much if you look at the entire opening scene from the first game of The Last of Us, the entire opening half of the, mo- of the show, exactly the same. It is pretty much spot on. There's a few changes here and there, but it's pretty much spot on. Really, really, really well done. Um, in it is, I will look up at the cast right now, but Pedro Pascal is the main character. He plays Joel. So the dad, he plays the dad in The Last of Us, but he, oh boy, there we go. Open this up here. Give me this full cast here. So Pedro Pascal plays Joel, and if you are not familiar with Pedro Pascal's work, he is in The Mandalorian and a lot of other shows as well. If you are a fan of Game of Thrones, he is in that. He plays uh, Oberyn Martell, who, if you haven't seen Game of Thrones, but if you have, spoiler alert, or not spoiler alert, but if you haven't seen it yet, spoiler alert, he gets his head crushed in. He tries to do too much of a dialogue when he is in the fight with a mountain. He lost. His dialogue went unanswered. He did not get revenge. It was brutal. So Pedro Pascal is in it. Another Game of Thrones character as well is Bella Ramsey. She plays Ellie, and she's phenomenal. I love her in the Game of Thrones. Um, she plays the little Mormont queen, and she's an absolute feisty girl in that, and she is Nonetheless, the same playing Ellie. I mean, she was perfectly cast for the role. Uh, Pedro Pascal in the opening scene as well also. Link it back to the game. Freaking phenomenal. Um, Tommy is played by Gabriel Luna. Luna, And then um, Marlene is played by Marie Dandridge. And then the list just goes on and on with the cast. It's very, very well done. Uh, Bill is also played by Nick Offerman. So if you haven't seen Parks and Rec, he is in Parks and Rec. So that's a pretty good... um, Pretty good cast for him as well. And then also the daughter, Sarah, at the beginning of the movie. Um, Nico Parker, she's phenomenal at the beginning of the movie. And it's just, it's really, really dark. It's supposed to be dark. It's The Last of Us. Um, creatures should be coming in in the next episode. No, spoiler alert, there are no creatures in the first episode. Um, so it's it just kind of starts building off, building off, and leading up. So I'm super, super excited for this next episode to drop coming up on Sunday. You guys can only watch it on HBO Max. Every premiere of the episodes come out on Sunday night. And so, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. That's really um, some of the biggest things going on in TV and movies. I mean, there's a lot more movies kind of coming out. Netflix just released a whole new drop. Um, there's kind of a war action movie as well coming out, or an apocalyptic one. Um, they just released their 2023 drop, I believe it was two days ago. Something like that. So two days ago, Netflix released their whole thing. And then it just kind of moves on uh, throughout the year. A lot of movies dropping in 2022. Um, if you're, or 2024, wow, that was a, that was bad. Um, if you guys are a fan of The Bad Batch, season two for Bad Batch, which is a Clone Wars spinoff, that is now on Disney Plus as well. I watched part of the first episode of it. I need to go back and watch the rest of it. So... I don't know. The first the first couple of minutes were, de- were they were okay, but it's definitely kind of more related to a kids show, and then hopefully it kind of gets back into the adult thing that the Clone Wars was originally ending on. But nevertheless, we will have to see. Also, um, where was I going? I just lost my train. Of- wow, I just really, really lost my train of thought. Where was I going with this? Um, I was going to talk about other movies and TV shows coming out. I lost my train of thought. Well, maybe I will regain it back and figure that out. But 
If I remember anything else, I will let you know. If you guys are music fans, Hardy's album new drop or Hardy's new album drops, I believe tomorrow. Tonight going into tomorrow, I believe Hardy's new album drops, so I will be listening to that all the way to work. Part of the Mockingbird and the Crow. Um, there's kind of a decent um, spin with his album. So in case anybody is unfamiliar with Hardy, a lot of his songs are capitalized and typed out in all caps. Well, if you guys aren't familiar with it, nor now normally a lot of his rock songs are like a little bit heavier songs. They are now all capsed, I believe. You can correct me if I may be wrong here. One of my friends tried to figure this out and he thinks that he figured it out. So a lot more of like the kind of country and like more slower kind of vibe songs, they are a little bit more on the side of the uncapitalized letters. So basically the whole entire sentence, which is really cool. The Mockingbird and the Crow is one whole song and it starts taking place when uh, Hardy first starts out and then he goes into um, where he's at now, which is really cool. Kind of, it's a different idea of a song because I mean, you have your whole side of kind of the softer ideology behind it, and then you kind of ramp it up into more of a hard rock and kind of a metal idea of it. But if there's one artist that can do it, it's Hardy, in my opinion, and Hardy does a damn good job. So, if you guys are Hardy fans, shout out to that. It should be coming out. We'll have a good drop there. But moving along, as we kind of go, hopefully you guys are having a great, great week or a great start to 2023. It's It's been a been a tough start for some people. We talked about DeMar Hamlin. Jeremy Renner is also discharged from the hospital. He got into an accident where he got hit by a snowplow on his street while shoveling. So he got put in the hospital, but he is now out. DeMar Hamlin is out. He was at the game the other day against the Dolphins, which was great to see him able to be there, cheering on the Bills. They picked up a win. We'll kind of move into that, I guess. At the start of the show here. But looking at the playoffs, it is huge. So far the bracket, I I believe I missed two picks from last week. And definitely my two picks, which I believe that I had. If I can just figure out my computer here. So looking back at the wild card, San Francisco did exactly what people thought. They ran over the or Seahawks once again. Brock Purdy played a fantastic game. Christian McCaffrey, one of the best pickups that San Francisco could have had for making a deep run of the playoffs, especially after the Jimmy Garoppolo injury. So they picked up a great running back there and were able to kind of get their feet under them. No pun intended with a running back. 41-23, to <clears throat> San Francisco over Seattle in that game. On the NFC side of it, um, or on the AFC side of it, excuse me, the Chargers and the Jag- Jaguars game started out horrible. For Trevor Lawrence, anyways, for the Chargers, it was awesome. Trevor Lawrence threw four interceptions in the first half, and the Jags looked beat. Just looked shut down, out of it. Well, Trevor Lawrence and his experience of coming back, or of not being down in playoffs, and also, it's a Saturday night. Trevor Lawrence has a fantastic record on Saturday night. Didn't lose in high school, never lost in college. Now in the NFL, he is undefeated on Saturdays. Still. It just his entire career of football. So Trevor Lawrence able to throw for 288 yards. He had a rough day passing it with four interceptions. But Jacksonville outlasts and comes back against the Chargers 31-30. to Fantastic second half of the game. I didn't watch the second half of it. I got a little bored. The menu, that is where I was going with that. Quick side note, if you guys haven't watched the menu 
on HBO Max. Watch it. It's it, it gets a it starts out a little slow, but the whole plot starts picking up about oh twenty some minutes into the movie, a little bit more than that. But the whole plot picks up. The menu is a great watch. A um, little bit on the mysterious side, and it kind of gets your heart a little bit racing. It's not too. There's not a lot of gore in it. It's not a full suspense, but it definitely kind of gets your heart racing a little bit of a mystery. You end up figuring out pretty quick. So if you guys have HBO, go watch the menu. So me and Audrey watched that last Saturday night. I was getting texts from my dad. He goes, "Wow, the Jags aren't doing good, are they?" And I was like, "No, they're they're not." And then all of a sudden, I get another text as the movie's ending. He goes, "What the hell just happened?" And I was like, "What do you mean?" He goes, "Were you not watching the game?" I said, "No." I turned that off. I didn't want it to be another TCU Georgia fiasco. Well, turns out Jacksonville had a little bit more fight than TCU did. Oops, sorry. I said it. So the Jags end up winning that and moving on to the playoffs. Miami and Buffalo. Buffalo outlasts Miami 34-31. to Josh Allen and the Bills. The offense looks shaky in the playoff run right now. It has been for a couple of weeks. Buffalo has just not been producing the numbers that they have been at the beginning of the season. And Josh Allen has just been a a little off his rocker. I mean, it it just was not good last week against the Dolphins, but they were able to slip away against any other team in the NFL right now. If they keep playing like this, I don't know how well it's going to go. Because if you take a look at it here, uh, Buffalo was up in the second quarter, 17 to nothing. The, uh, the Dolphins ended up kicking a few field goals, making it 17-9. And then all of a sudden, their offense started getting a little hot. Go into halftime, it was 20-17. to And then Miami just kept scoring. They took an early lead at the beginning of the second half. Buffalo keeps fighting back, and then it went back and forth, back and forth. And then finally, uh, Miami was able to kind of try to seal the deal. But the Bills were still up three at the end of the game. Miami thought they had it. Unable to get it done as Buffalo survives. And I will say survives at home in New York. So, big game coming up for the Bills in the playoffs. We'll get to that in just a second. The Char- or the Giants and the Vikings. Offense was just not there for Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. Dalvin Cook couldn't get going. Madison couldn't get going. Justin Jefferson was locked up. TJ Hawkinson was um, big receiving for them uh, with 129 yards. But Daniel Jones and the Giants getting it done with Saquon Barkley... Um, Richie James on the outside edge as well, but the Giants defense able to hold and kind of turn the Vikings over. So for Kirk Cousins and the Vikings, season done. They don't have to go through a heartbreaking field goal or trying to create the Minneapolis miracle once again. And also the Giants did it on the road in Minneapolis during the NFL playoffs. That's just hard to do in itself right now with the Vikings being still as good as they are. But nonetheless, the Giants and the Vikings end up going in favor of New York. Giants move on with a big win in the playoffs. Baltimore and Cincinnati. This game was a defensive battle. Let me tell you, I mean, holy cow. If you were in for another big game in the rivalry for the playoffs, <coughs> you were definitely in it. Um, TJ Huntley getting the start for, um, or Tyler Huntley, excuse me, getting the start for the Ravens. End up going against Joe Burrow and the Bengals, which everybody thought Lamar Jackson was going to be back in. He was out and sat and did not travel to Cincinnati. J.K. Dobbins with 16 or 62 yards on the ground with 13 carries. Uh, Mixing on the other side of the ball. He didn't get a touchdown either. 11 carries for 39 yards. Jamar Chase did have a touchdown in that one. Joe Burrow only threw for one tutty. The Bengals outlast the Ravens at a tie game 17 to 17 
with Tyler Huntley trying to stretch the ball over the goal line and a 99-yard, or a 98-yard, excuse me, fumble return for a touchdown. And that is the longest, um, I believe it's just longest turnover run in uh, the playoff history, or fumble recovery run for a touchdown in a playoff history. So the Bengals and Joe Burrow get it done. They're up, or they won 24 to 17 on that last AFC side, and we'll flip one more game over. Dallas and the Bucks. Brady's last chance to try to keep making it a season and making it a season of miracles. Well, he fell short. The Bucks have been playing bad, and the Bucks played worse. Tom Brady not able to get a lot of help protection-wise. He still threw for 351 yards, shockingly. But Brady just not able to get it done. Dallas and Dak Prescott come out swinging. Offense was rolling good. 31 points. Field goal kicking was not there. Poor Brett Maher missed four extra points. You know it's bad when your quarterback is sitting on the sideline screaming, go for fucking two. Like, holy shit. You know it's bad when Peyton Manning is watching the game with Eli and they're sitting there doing their show. And he even says, can we cut a kicker or can you cut a player at halftime? Like, holy shit. I feel so bad for Brett Maher, one of the most accurate kickers in the NFL so far this year, or was before the regular season ended. But, I mean, you miss four field goals in one game? I mean, it's just... At the college level, it's maybe a little bit more understandable. I mean, <clears throat> Nebraska's had some kicking struggles in the past. I don't think they've been this bad in one whole game. They've been bad, but not this bad. As a kicker, though, I mean, here here's the thing that you got to look at. In the NFL, you're getting paid to do this as a job, and I know that you're bound to shank one extra point every once in a while in a game, and then you're going to come back and you're going to make another one. For Maher, it was just not his day. It was bad. And he didn't kick a field goal outside of that either. So, Maher is just, he's skating, skating, skating on thin ice there. So, Cowboys outlast Tom Brady. First time the Dak Press, or first time the Cowboys have beaten Brady in his career. Brady was 6-0. Also, the first time Brady has thrown a red zone interception since, I believe, 2018. Since 2020, at least, in the playoffs, he was, let's see, it was 83 touchdowns. Passing, seventeen or seven run, seven or seventeen running. I apologize, you can't quote me on that. And zero interceptions. But of course, Joe Buck and them threw the snap line up there. And what does Tom Brady do? It was pick city in the red zone, in the back of the end zone. So, Cowboys able to outlast Tom Brady. Rumor has it, we still don't know what he's doing. Everybody's hoping that he retires, and everybody is hoping that you know. It's, it's the, everybody's hoping that he just stops. Well, you know what? It's Tom Brady. And here's my opinion on it. <clears throat> I think that Tom Brady, if he doesn't stay with the Bucks, I don't think he retires. I think he tries to sign another one-year deal and he retires as a Patriot or he goes to another team. Some people think that he might go to the Raiders. Well, I don't think he should go to the Raiders. I really don't know where Brady should go, but if anybody tries to pick him up on a one-year deal to try to build a playoff run again, it's just you're you're wasting your money on a one-year quarterback. If anything, he should just go to New England and just kind of play a few games and let Mac Jones run the offense. But, I mean, 
retire as a Patriot. I mean, that's where you belong. That was where your career was. If you want to go do that, go do that. But at some point, Brady, you got to get out of the league, man. And I can't tell you to stop. None of us can tell you to stop. We should tell you that it's probably in your best interest of health and mental state. But you know what? You do you. And still one of the best quarterbacks in football. I mean, holy, still the best quarterback in football. Holy shit. I mean, Oh, it's just a it's a roller coaster of waves, people. I mean, you have a quarterback that's been in the league for so long, still consistently playing, still consistently putting up really good numbers. This year, Brady did not look like the Tom Brady of old. I think this year was definitely his worst year, and it showed with the Bucks with a new head coach as well, first season. But now you really got to look at if you're Brady, what what numbers are good, what numbers are bad, and where where can I go from here? So. With that, moving on to the next round, coming up starting on Saturday on January 21st, the Jags travel to Kansas City. Now, here's the thing. I said in the last podcast, I don't know if I could pick Kansas or pick with Kansas City here. I'm going to tell you that the smart move is going to be going with the Chiefs. I'm going to tell you that the underdog move truly is going with the Jags. So if anybody wants money on the Jags to at least cover, fine. I've heard talk about the Jags not being able to keep up with Kansas City's defense, but I also think that they've been able to score a lot of points. They picked up with a decent Chargers defense, and they were able to overturn themselves. But if Trevor Lawrence continues to throw picks, that's not going to happen. They can't dig themselves out of a hole. They don't have as good of players as Kansas City does. They don't have as good of players as a lot of teams in this NFL playoff this year. So with that, I got to oh, go with Kansas City. I think Jacksonville's Cinderella run is over. I think that Kansas City takes it. Patrick Mahomes is going to be a little too much for that Jacksonville defense to stop. I don't think they're going to be able to make him turn the ball over that much. And I think if you're really going to take a look at it, I think they're just going to get outmatched. I think that Jacksonville will kind of sit and um, just kind of take the kick, take the kick in the face, I guess you could say. Moving along to the Giants and the Eagles. I got Philly. Philly's riding a high with their offense still this year. They were able to keep themselves kind of out of the fire here as they lost two games at the end of the season, but were able to pick up a win against the Giants, 22-16. to So far this year against the Giants, they are 2-0 with scoring, uh, 62, or scoring right at 70 points over the Giants. So unless the Giants defense can come out and stop, I think Jalen Hurts is going to be back to full health. He's had two straight weeks to kind of sit back and relax, run through practice again. So I think they're going to be a little bit more comfortable with him running the ball. And if that's the case, that's not going to be good for the Giants at the factor. Because, I mean, in the in the last game of the season, he didn't run much. Going back into the into the first half of the se- or first game of the season against the Giants, you had <clears throat> you had Jalen Hurts completing for four hundred and. 46 yards of passing offense there, and then he had two touchdowns. He threw one interception, but, I mean, Jalen Hurts was able to take care of the ball. Two touchdowns in total against the Giants as well. So, I mean, if you can keep keep Jalen healthy and keep him rolling in an offensive rhythm, I think that the Eagles take this game super, super easy, and I don't think they have any problem. The only thing that they're going to have to deal with is they're going to have to deal with Saquon Barkley and Jonathan Taylor, or just Saquon Barkley, sorry, not Jonathan Taylor. Good Lord. So, I I really feel that the Philly, or the, the Philly, I feel like Philadelphia 
has a little bit of their hands full in the opening part of the game, but I think they're just going to run away with it. Plus, that receiving core for Philadelphia and Miles Sanders as a running back, that's going to be tough for the Giants to cover, as it has been proven in the past. Cincinnati goes to Buffalo. The Bengals looking to try to knock off Josh Allen once again. And here's where I got here's where I got to say I think they can do it. I don't think Cincinnati played their best, but in last week's game, but I think they played a hell of a lot better than Buffalo did. And this is going to be the big standard. <clears throat> this is the first time these teams meet again since the Demar Hamlin incident, which you cannot give Higgins anything. You can't you can't blame it on Higgins. It was a clean hit. It just happened at the wrong time. So with that, Bills are going to be playing with a big chip on their shoulder. It's true. They are going to be playing huge. But if I have to pick a team, I got to run with the Bengals. I do. Just kidding. Scratch that. That's a Lee Corso moment. I still think that the Bills are going to come out. I think that Joe Burrow needs one more year in the NFL playoffs to kind of make his make his run. I'm still very confident in the Bills. The only thing is I'm not confident in their offense. But I think that with this game kind of coming through, I think that Josh Allen, this offense, is going to get rolling. I think that they're going to be playing with a fire lit under their ass. And so I think kind of as you're moving on, I got to take the Bills, and the Bills will play the Chiefs in the AFC Championship. Going to the last half of the NFC, you've got Dallas and San Francisco. Ooh, uh, this is a tough one. Game is at San Francisco. Two teams did not play each other at all this season. But look at this. San Francisco has an offense that is built for Jimmy Garoppolo. He started the season. He got him to the playoff record. Brock Purdy hops in. You get Christian McCaffrey as a running back. You now have a quarterback that is more mobile, fit for the system, to be able to run this offense. You throw Christian McCaffrey in, who perfectly fits this offense as a screen out, and also just a power running back with speed. You have Dak Prescott and the Cowboys, who are just rolling right along. Sometimes not playing their best football in the last couple of weeks. If they can figure out their kicking woes, it might be there. But I have to go with San Francisco. I have to go with Brock Purdy. I got to sit with him. The kid has been playing absolutely just out of this world. You're still at home. You're not going on a road test just yet. I think that Brock Purdy remains undefeated and the 49ers move on. So, for the next round of the playoffs for the conference championship, I have Philadelphia plays the 49ers and I have the Bills playing the Chiefs. Wow. A lot of of big flexes on that end. There is a lot of numbers to be kind of brought down in that. Am I going to probably lose a pick this week? I definitely think so. If there's one pick that I'll probably end up losing, I definitely think it's going to be the Bills-Bengals. If there's one pick that's going to surprise me, it's going to be Jacksonville. I feel very confident in San Francisco, and I feel very confident in Philadelphia. My two shaky ones are probably going to be the Jags and the Bills. Or the Chiefs and the Bills. Because I feel like Kansas City could still kind of come out and be a little bit shaky. Jacksonville could be playing with house money, and they could just be rolling through. 
the Bills could just not have their offense and their same scheme that they have wanting to be wanting to run, and offense could just be who knows. So, with that, we'll move on to a little bit of men's basketball here. It's been a little bit of a kind of a rough season all the way around. Looking at the schedule for tonight, Kansas ended up getting, we'll move back a little bit. The other night, Kansas ends up getting upset um, by K-State, and that is, I believe, the first time that that's happened in a while, but Kansas gets upset. Another blue blood down. We'll see where we can go. Find that score. Like I said, I do not have my phone. There we go. Here we go. Number two, K-State ends up losing, or number two, Kansas ends up losing to K-State, who was ranked number 13 in overtime, 83 to 20, or 82. Iowa State fans are happy this year. Cyclones end up getting a big win over Big 12 Conference rival Texas. 12, or number 12, Iowa State versus Texas, who is ranked number seven, 78 to 67. Tennessee on the road getting a big win last Tuesday or this past Tuesday, over Mississippi State. Clemson still trying to keep their big-ranked season alive. Wake Forest able to kind of dethrone them 87-77 to with a loss by 10. Texas Tech ends up getting swamped out by Baylor 81-74. to And Houston as well stays alive against Tulane. Houston ranked number one in the country right now. Moving along to tonight's games. So far on the floor With a ranked matchup, number 24, Florida Atlantic has University of Texas, San Antonio. And then going as well, the University of Nebraska, Omaha Mavericks, they've got South Dakota State, the reigning FCS football champions. The Jackrabbits are hosting in Billings, South Dakota. Other ranked teams playing in action right now. Arizona has USC. Gonzaga ranked number six. They've got Loyola Momont. We'll see if we can get some scores pulled up for you here as we go. Florida Atlantic winning right now against UTSA, 61-48. Gonzaga, that game just started in the first 16-12. Gonzaga is up. Arizona and USC, that game also just starting, and that is Arizona up 19-10 over USC. UCLA still has to go tonight against Arizona State. Rutgers ends up getting downed by Michigan State, 70-57. to Rutgers in the rankings for the first time in a while, ranked at 23. Number three, Purdue also in action tonight for the Big Ten. They had Minnesota. They end up taking a W, 61-39. And the College of Charleston is just whooping the floor in conference play. They are 8-0, and they are 20-1 overall, 69-55 with a win over Monmouth. So, looking at the schedule here for tonight, what are you doing? Why? Yes, I have eaten it. I told, sorry, Audrey came in and she is looking to try to see if I ate it. I'm not eating another one. No, it was not good. No, it is not good. Lucy is trying to talk to me in the living room. What? Well, she can have them. They're on the floor. Which take it? There you go. Go have fun. Go have fun. All right. So sorry, I apologize for that. Trying to, I'm in the middle of a recording. Didn't shut the door. 
All right, so sorry about that. Moving on to some action in Friday. No ranked matchups coming up in Friday for college basketball, but if you're looking for some former upsetters in college basketball, St. Peter's, the Peacocks are in action against Marist. That game is at 6. That'll be on ESPN3. Any other games in action? Ball State, Kent State, that'll be on CBS as well as on Fox Sports. Boise State takes on New Mexico. New Mexico was formerly ranked there, kind of getting back up in their rank, or kind of getting back up on their win streak as well. They're 17-2, fourth in the Mountain West Conference now. Boise State is number one at 15-4. They are 5-1 in the conference. San Diego State, 5-1, 14-4. Nevada, 5-2, and 15-5 overall. And then New Mexico, 4-2, and 17-2 overall. New Mexico, after getting dethroned back-to-back losses from Fresno State and UNLV with a win over Oral Roberts, big ranked win over San Diego State in the conference, 76-67. to And then San Jose State the other night with a win, 77-55, or 57. So the Lobos are in action if anybody is listening to us from New Mexico. So moving on to Saturday, the big college basketball day. Not college football anymore, college basketball. You got number eight, Xavier. They got Georgetown after scaving off a big win the other night. Or, excuse me, they ended up losing to DePaul the other night. Big win against Marquette and Creighton over the last two nights. Big win over conference rival UConn as well. So, with a couple of big ranked wins in the last couple of days. Ended up losing to DePaul 73-72 to at the end of regulation. Xavier has Georgetown, UConn, and then Creighton coming up in their next couple of games. They are on the road for two of those at UConn and Creighton. Moving right along to Miami and Duke. Duke with their with a season without Coach K. It's been a struggle for the Blue Devils. They are four and three in ACC play. They are thirteen and five overall, and this just does not look like the same Duke Blue Devils team that everybody has come to know and love or come to hate. If anybody is in the ACC and not a Duke Blue Devil fan or in college basketball, just not a Duke Blue Devil fan, you got to be a fan of Coach K, though. Coach Shevsky is <clears throat> one of college basketball's great, great, great coaches. But Duke is not getting in, getting the job done as well as they wanted to in the last couple of games. Lost to Wake Forest 81-70 with a win over Florida State. Lost to NC State. Went over Boston College and Pitt. And then finally another loss to Miami. Or lost to Clemson the other night, which bumped Clemson into top 25 action. Miami ranked 17th and that game will be at home in North Carolina for Duke. And then they've got Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech in their next coming up games. Offensively, they're just not putting up the same numbers as they have been. And it's kind of shocking. I mean, they're still able to get great shooters. If you got the name Duke kind of sitting on the chest, I mean, that's always there. If you're you're going to get a great basketball school out of Duke no matter where you go with a coach. So, number 18 Charleston, they're in action in their conference against Northeastern. That game is at 11 a.m. Old Miss in number 25, Arkansas. Excuse me, that game is going to be on ESPN at 11. The Razorbacks looking to continue another SEC team in the college basketball top 25. The Razorbacks, though, they've lost four straight. They've kind of lost to number two, 22, Auburn. Lost to my, or lost to number four, Alabama. Lost to Vanderbilt and lost to Missouri. So you got four straight losses. Razorbacks looking to kind of bounce back and see if they can stay in the top 25 They've got Ole Miss, like I said, LSU, and then they've got the Big 12 SEC Challenge against Baylor in the middle of the season. Baylor ranked number 21. Oh, my goodness. Who is sneezing out there? We're going fully shut that. Oh, my Lord. I need to get this room soundproofed. 
Like, I just need to put soundproof padding all along these walls. If I can find a way to do it. So, in Big Ten action for you, the first game kind of coming along for the weekend, Washington or Wisconsin takes on Northwestern. Northwestern this year so far on the road. Been a hell of a team. With a ranked win over Indiana on the road. 84 to 83. They lost to Rutgers the other night. Lost to Michigan. But I mean, they've got, and their game against Iowa got postponed. So they've got Wisconsin coming to town, but they got a win over DePaul. They got a win over Michigan State at the beginning of the year at home. They lost to Auburn 43 to 42 in a low scoring game. So I mean, Northwestern, a team that can kind of shake things up. They're 3 and 3 in the Big Ten Conference. They're 12 and 5 overall, leading the conference. For the Big Ten, it is Purdue at seven and one. Michigan State kind of sitting at that second spot at five and three. Rutgers also five in three as well. For the Iowa Hawkeyes, you're at four and three. For Nebraska fans, we're at three and five. Moving up, Hoytberg's got us going in the right direction with a big win over Ohio State the other night. So, Nebraska basketball fans, we're going to be moving up. It's not going to be just a volleyball school or a baseball school. Number 14, TCU takes on number two, Kansas, and the Jayhawks looking to kind of come back after a big loss to Kansas State the other night. UCLA, number five, has Arizona. That game is going to be on at one. Virginia, number 10, they've got Wake Forest traveling all the way over to the Demon Deacons. Iowa State fans, you've got Oklahoma State coming up this weekend in Stillwater. That game is going to be a good one. For you Iowa State fans coming after a loss to number two Kansas only by two points with a win over TCU in the last five days and then a big win over Texas with a new head coach for Texas. They are kind of moving along in the interim position as well, but in the Big 12 Conference standings, here's what you got. Kansas State at 5-1, and one, Kansas at 5-1, and one, Iowa State at 5-1. and one. All teams are tied for first place. Kansas State and Kansas both with a 16-2 and two record overall. Iowa State with a 14-3 and three record, and then Texas sits at that at right now, it would be the number two spot for the untied teams. They're sitting at four and two, 15 and three overall. TCU sits at that four or at that three spot with a three and three record, 14 and four overall. But Iowa State, you're kind of finding finding a little bit of a rhythm. Leading scores there, Jaron Holmes, he's got 13, 13 points average per game, and then just kind of moving down the list. I mean, Iowa State's got some great shooters as well. So. Cyclone fans having a good year with their new head coach as well. Moving down the list, what other ranked matchups do we have? I have not watched a lot of college basketball this year, folks. I will not lie. It's been a little bit of a tough tough couple of Saturdays. I'll find a way to watch it. The NFL playoffs are always still in action, and then I end up flipping over to college basketball before March starts, kind of in that end of January, February, so right about now. Number four, Alabama has Missouri. Texas has West Virginia. Clemson has Virginia Tech on the weekend. And that pretty much ramps out your top 25 matchups. Florida Atlantic has UTEP. Number 24, Florida Atlantic. Gonzaga has Pacific at the end of the week. And those are your main big Saturday matchups. If you want to go to the rankings, I'll read them off in order from top to bottom. So number one through ten. So far right now, you got Houston, Kansas, Purdue, Bama, UCLA, Gonzaga, Texas is 7, Xavier, Tennessee, and then Virginia comes out at that 10th spot. Moving from 11 down to 20, you got Arizona, Iowa State, Kansas State, TCU, UConn, Auburn, Miami, Charleston, Clemson, and then Marquette rounds out that 20 spot. And then going down from 21 all the way to 25, Baylor, Providence, Rutgers, 
Florida Atlantic, and Arkansas. So, a lot of big teams in college basketball this year that are kind of making some waves. Charleston being one of those teams. I mean, you take a look at take a look at Charleston for for a hot second here. So, here's their conference. They're in the CAA. And then you have Hofstra, who's in there. Hofstra made the NCAA tournament last year. You got Townsend, Drexel, UNC Wilmington, who has they've made a few couple of appearances in the college basketball big dance in March. UNC Wilmington has actually been a team that I've I've rooted for in the past. You got Northeastern in the Huskies, North Carolina AT, Stony Brook, Delaware, William Mary, Elon. Monmouth, and then Hampton, but Charleston leading that all with a big fire. They're 8-0 in conference play, 20-1 overall. Hofstra's ranked 2 in the conference, 6-2, and then Townsend and Drexel both at 5-2 overall in the conference. Big. Charleston's just trying to make the magic happen this year. End up taking a loss to North Carolina at the beginning of the year, who's their only loss, by the way. Only loss to the number one team in the country at the time. 102 to 86. You flip it over throughout the middle of the season. They played a Mountain West team in Colorado State. They played Virginia Tech, who's an ACC team, beat them by two. Played Kent State. Kent State usually makes a little bit of a run in the tournament. And then kind of going down the list, not a not a whole big impressive resume as you fill it out in the list. And they just pretty much round out with conference play before getting into their conference championship. But if you're Charleston, you got Northeastern this weekend, and then Hofstra and Drexel. So. You Charleston fans out there better be ready because it's going to be a head-hunting season for you. The Pac-12 with a lot of teams in the college basketball rankings. The SEC continuing to just try to reign supreme in all sports, folks. I mean, the SEC is just one of those. It's They are able to recruit big talent no matter where they go. Seem to be able to steal it when they can get it. But sometimes you just got to fall with the cookie crumbles and with basketball the SEC, not good. Not really that impressive in the college basketball big dance. Besides Kentucky, Kentucky used to be the number one team in the country. Kentucky falling off. Taking a look at the SEC rankings while we do so. You've got Alabama, the number one team in the SEC there at 6-0. Texas A&M at 5-0. Auburn at 5-1. Tennessee 5-1. And, and then Georgia rounds out that number five spot in the SEC rankings so far at three and two. Missouri three and three. Kentucky, one of the former blue bloods, they're sitting down at three and three. So I mean, you, you kind of take a look at the blue bloods right now. Kansas has been not struggling this year, but Kansas losing some games that they normally don't. Duke's been struggling a lot. Kentucky's Kentucky's kind of sitting down there. North Carolina, they are the blue bloods are kind of falling out of basketball. North Carolina is not ranked in college basketball at the moment. This has not happened for a lot of times for North Carolina. They're sitting at 5-3 and three in the ACC. Clemson at number one. They're sitting at 7-1. and one. North Carolina is, like, seventh on this list. So the Tar Heels kind of looking to see if they can pick up some more action. They've had a lot of good games this year. I mean, they've had a tough schedule. You've got number 18, Alabama, at the time. Lost 103-101. to 101. They lost to an Iowa State team who was good and ranked this year as well. Big win over Charleston, who was ranked. You got a win over Indiana, who at the time was ranked 10th. Virginia Tech, that's a big win in the ACC. You got or That's a loss. So there's three three losses to good teams in Alabama, Indiana, and Virginia Tech. with a, And Iowa State throw them in the mix as well. So four losses there. They went on a big four-loss streak. Throwing it over to Ohio State, they ended up taking a win over the Buckeyes. 89-84 to in the middle of the year. 
and then throwing it to Virginia as well. That's a loss to Virginia. So, I mean, a lot of their losses have been ranked. So, or North Carolina has not been losing pushover games. I will say that. So, they are losing some big games, but that's not that's not the games that you need to take on for the rest of the ranked opponents this year. So far, Clemson, Miami, and then Virginia kind of towards the end of the year before they play their big second matchup with Duke at Chapel Hill. But if you're looking at North Carolina's schedule for the next remainder of a couple of games, you've got NC State coming up this weekend. You've got Syracuse, Pitt, and then you got your first game against Duke at the beginning of, or in the middle of the year. That game is on February 4th, and that will just be an absolute dogfight. It doesn't matter what rank or where the teams are ranked. It doesn't matter what the record is. Duke, North Carolina is a bloodbath. It always is. So, Tar Heels and Blue Devils do not like each other, and it's a hot, it's a hot game. So, if you are looking at any other action for college basketball this weekend, you should have some fun. Should be a lot of good games on ESPN if you're trying to look to make your March Madness brackets. Now would be the time to kind of start getting into it. Teams are in full conference play. A lot of conferences have some ranked teams, especially in the Power Fives. And then any teams that you think are going to be Cinderella's making it, making their way to the big dance, you might as well try to pick them because you might not get a lot of picks. Picks right. It's March. It happens. But you still have a lot of time for that. So, real quick here, before we kind of just take another step into a big sport that we usually talk about, I want to break down some college baseball because the top 25 rankings came out this year, or came out for this year. <clears throat> Starting off, that came out, this got released last, or at the beginning of the week. LSU takes that number one spot. Tennessee is ranked number two. Stanford is number three. And Ole Miss, the college, or former college, ba- or reigning college baseball national champions. They are at four. They lost a big class. They still got Chardonnay in the middle infield. But, I mean, Ole Miss lost a lot of bats, lost some pitching, so they'll be able to pick it back up. LSU returning with a big class, brand-new coach as well, um, or second-year head coach for LSU. They were able to get Tommy White in some transfers as well. I know that doesn't mean a lot a lot to you guys. Not a lot of you, I, I'm assuming, aren't big college baseball fans. There's been a lot of action for college baseball. I do run a second podcast called the No Place Like Omaha podcast, but that's been a big it's we're we're kind of getting ready for the start of the season. We've had a couple of interviews. So if you want to check us out, go ahead. A little bit of a shameless plug. I apologize for that. But we usually break down the college baseball rankings as they come out, so we will do so in the next couple of weeks. Texas AM at that fifth spot, Wake Forest at six, Florida at seven, Arkansas, Oklahoma State, and Vanderbilt round out eight through ten. Going from 11 down to 15, you've got East Carolina, North Carolina, Maryland, Virginia, and TCU ranked at 15. Louisville, UCLA, Southern Miss, Virginia, and Alabama go from 16 to 20. And then NC State, Miami, South Carolina, Texas Tech, and Oregon round out the rest of the top 25 as the season starts. And normally these rankings definitely flip-flop. It's kind of like college basketball. They don't come out every, every time. Um, usually takes them a little bit. They come out kind of on the Wednesdays in the middle of the week for when college baseball season starts, but it should be a good year. LSU was able to pick up a lot of transfers. Um, NC State with a big one losing Tommy White. O- or Ole Miss looking to see if they can continue their run in the NCC prominence. But a little too soon to tell. College baseball only 38 days away. Baseball itself is only 
Oh, spring training is coming up here in February. Teams are, or pitchers and catchers are going to start reporting. And <clears throat> big move today so far. Raldis Chapman ends up going to the Kansas City Royals as he signs a one-year contract. Shohei Otani still kind of on the board for a contract as well. Justin Verlander heads to the Mets. That's a big pickup for the Mets. They were able to get some pitching there with Max Scherzer and uh, Jacob deGrom keeping it alive for the Mets pitching staff as well as the Cubs. If you are Cubbies fans, you are happy because I am happy. If you're not happy as a Cubs fan, well, I don't know what to tell you because it's been a huge, 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 huge offseason. For the Cubs, let me break it down for you this way. Cody Bellinger with the deal. You also signed Dansby Swanson to a deal. You signed Eric Hosmer to a deal. I mean, just picking it back up through these trade deadlines, I mean, the Cubs have been just moving through. You got Cody Hewer in there as well. So, I mean, they, they have been picking up some dogs moving in. I mean, the Cubs are looking to kind of just make some big moves. Nick Madrigal is still kind of going to hopefully be that second base role. Cody Bellinger, like I said, he's in there. Christopher Morrell, who was a rookie in last year, he's do he's still playing well. You still got Say Suzuki, so I mean the Cubs are Cubs are looking good. Cody Hewer was a big pickup to kind of move through that bullpen. So Cubs lineup looking good. Tucker Bernhardt as well, catching position wise. So I mean. We'll see how well the Cubs do in the National League. It'll it'll be interesting to see, kind of as a Cubs fan, it'll be interesting to see how Justin Verlander fits with the Mets as well as Aroldis Chapman fitting in with the Kansas City Royals. That's been a lot of the biggest, or some of the biggest ones to go down. Once JC gets back on, we can talk about more of the MLB trades. And I wish I had my phone in here because I don't have my phone because I had a lot of these Twitter pages like. But baseball is definitely going to be coming up. We'll be getting into some hot takes there. As well, just kind of moving moving through the season. Also, just a little bit of NBA action. We might as well talk about it. It's it's happening right now. Game's going on at the moment before tonight is over. Golden State Warriors, they're up 102 to 98. The Toronto Raptors are up 103 to 93 over the Timberwolves. Go Raptors. We are a Raptors fan here on the podcast. At least I am. The Chicago Bulls end up getting a win tonight. 126 to 108. The Nets and Suns, they play as well as nine, or they play at nine as well tonight. And then the 76ers go to Portland to take on the Trailblazers at nine tonight. Looking at the NBA standings so far in the Eastern Conference, it is all Boston Celtics. 33 wins on the year, 12 losses. The Milwaukee Bucks are sitting at two. 76ers are sitting at three with a 28-16 record. Brooklyn Nets, Cleveland Cavaliers, and Miami Heat round out the four, five, and six spots. Still going in through for the wild card and for the NBA playoffs at seven. You got the New York Knicks. Hawks are at eight. Pacers are at nine. And then the Bulls are at ten. The Raptors are kind of on that fall-off point. So it's a little it's been a little bit of a tough year since the Raptors won the NBA play, or tough couple of years since the Raptors won the NBA playoffs. They've been still a little bit falling off. Nick Nurse is trying to get the team back, but, I mean, you when you lose um, Kawhi Leonard, that's kind of big. You also lose DeMar DeRozan. Freddie Van Fleet can't run the team entirely by himself. You still got Pascal Siakam there as well for the Raptors. The Washington Wizards 
are sitting underneath the Raptors, the Magic, the Hornets, and then the Pistons are sitting kind of at the or sitting fully at the bottom of the Eastern Conference, throwing it all the way to the West. The Denver Nuggets are just absolutely on a tear. They're 32 and 13 on the year. Memphis Grizzlies and John Moran are at 31 and 13. Sacramento Kings are at three. New Orleans Pelicans and Zion Williamson, they or Zion Williams, they are at four. Dallas Mavericks and Utah Jazz round out that five and six spot. Mark Cuban. Very, very happy man with his Dallas Mavericks doing as good as they are this year, even though they're 22 and 24 or 24 and 22. Golden State Warriors, oh, it's been a rough year for Golden State at 22 and 22, not looking like the Golden State that we've seen in the last decade. Just little, little slow for Golden State this year. The Clippers are sitting at that eight spot. Oklahoma City and the Timberwolves round out that nine to ten, and then falling out of the bottom of the conference <coughs> for the West. You've got Portland, Phoenix, L.A. L.A. is in the Lakers and LeBron James at the bottom. You love to see it. San, Diego, or San Antonio Spurs and then the Houston Rockets are sitting at an abysmal 10-35. and 35. So far, they are the worst team in the NBA. If you want to take a full look at the league, who is number one? It's the Boston Celtics, Denver Nuggets, Memphis Grizzlies, Milwaukee Bucks, and then rounding out that fifth spot in the NBA, it's the Philadelphia 76ers. So, I mean, I'm not the I'm I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I'm not the biggest NBA fan. I've watched a couple couple minutes of some Raptors games this year, but not a whole lot. I mean, I I really just for for some reason I'm just not into the NBA as much as some people. I don't intentionally try to miss it. It's just not not my strong suit. I'm kind of personally getting tired of a lot of the flop calls, and it it almost turns into turns into soccer. And I should I should say that loosely, but in some cases, holy shit, guys. I mean, it's bad enough that and and again, I I don't try to say this in poor taste. It is bad enough in the NFL that quarterbacks can't get hit anymore, and it's bad enough that the Pro Bowl has to be flag football. When it was literally already two hand touch, like I get, I get the injury that happened, and I get the injury that happened to the Bucks and Cowboys game the other night. I truly get it. Football is a violent sport. It is meant to be violent. Yes, you can try to do as much protecting as possible, but it's still going to be violent, and you can't take away a defender's a defender making a hit. Yes, if the hit's bad and it's supposed to be intentional, I guess you could say. By all means, I truly, I truly get it. Penalty flag there. But holy crap, in the NBA, if the, if players get touched, it's a foul. And they flop on the ground and they start crying like a little baby. It is like watching soccer. I truly cannot stand watching professional soccer because as soon as... A, and men's soccer is more of the worst. <laughs> Women's soccer is a lot more violent. Men's soccer, anytime that somebody like kicks you wrong or just stares at you, you fall down, you cry, you grab your leg, you grab your head, you grab your arm, and you're just screaming there in pain. The training staff doesn't even want to come out and deal with your ass because you're sitting there just freaking out for no reason. And then you get up after the player gets a yellow card or a red card, and then you're like, oh, hey, I did it. Can we put a flop rule in soccer? Please. There's a flop rule in the NBA now. It's not doing any good. I'll tell you that right now. It's just not. So, going into the NHL, because I know JC will want me to talk about this a little bit. Currently, right now, in the NHL, in the Eastern Conference, on the Atlantic side of it, the Boston Bruins are still keeping it alive at a 45-5 and record. They're sitting at 76 points. The Toronto Maple Leafs, oh, excuse me, wow. 
Toronto Maple Leafs are just shortly behind him at 46 and 7 with 63 points and then rounding out the rest of the Eastern Conference in the Atlantic. You've got the Tampa Bay Lightning at 59 points. The Florida Panthers, they're picking it back up with a 47 and 20 record at 49 points. The Sabres are at 45 points. The Red Wings at 44. The Senators of Ottawa, they have 43. And then the Canadians of Montreal, they've got 41 points. Throwing it into the Metropolitan Division of the Eastern Conference. You've got the Hurricanes sitting up at the top of the Metro. They're at 45 and 9 with 64 points. And then going to the J.C. New Jersey Devils, you've got 44 and 12 and then also you have 61 points. You're only three points behind the Devils. So, and in games played, you're only one game behind, or you're only one game behind the Hurricanes and only three points. So, a lot, still a lot of the season left here to go for the Devils. The Rangers are sitting at the third place spot in the Metropolitan. Capitals, Pittsburgh, Penguins, the Islanders, Flyers, and then the Columbus Blue Jackets are sitting at the bottom of the Metro. Throwing it to the Western Conference and the Central, the Dallas Stars are leading. They have 59 points. Winnipeg Jets at 59 as well. They are both tied with both teams playing 46 games. Oh, wow. I was reading. Okay. I'm going to make up. <laughs> this is why Nick does not talk hockey. I was looking at games played for the beginning part of the record and not. Oh, gosh. I didn't even look at the freaking wins loss column. Holy shit. Oh, this hurts. This truly, 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 truly hurts. So, throw all those records out the window except for the losses. Because no team has 40 wins yet. <laughs> uh, wow. Just, oh gosh. All right, so uh, I'm going to try my best to do this right. The Dallas Stars are sitting at the top of the Central Division of the Western Conference at 26-13. and 13. They've got 59 points. The Winnipeg Jets are 29-16 and 16 with 59 points. Both teams have played 46 games. There we go. Start cooking with peanut oil. Start there, Nick. Gosh. Minnesota Wild are sitting at third in that Central Division. They're at 54 points. The, Wash, or the Colorado Avalanche at 49. Nashville Predators at 48. The Blues, Coyotes. And the Blackhawks round out that bottom half of the Central. Throwing it to the Pacific now, you've got the Vegas Golden Knights. They're at 28 and 15 overall. They have five, or 58 points. Kraken of Seattle, they have 56. And so do the Kings of L.A. So, then you've got the Edmonton Oilers sitting kind of in the middle there at 53. You've got the Calgary Flames sitting at 51. And then you've got Vancouver at 39. Throwing it to San Jose, who's sitting at the bottom, and then the Anaheim Ducks as well. They only have 31 points. So if you take a look at a full league standing here, the Bruins are at the top with a 36-win, 5-loss record. Where's OTL? He's going to get mad at me for this. Overtime losses. Wow. Jeez. Okay, Nick, here's the thing. <laughs> I suck at hockey. I can't read. These stats are horrible. The Bruins have four overtime losses, but they're sitting at the top with 76. The Hurricanes are sitting at the top of... They're sitting up there at the second place with 64. The Maple Leafs and the Devils round out that number three and four spot. So, for all you hockey fans out there that are sitting, 
sitting watching. Don't listen to Nick for hockey. It's not going to help you. We'll wait to talk more hockey when JC gets back. It would help if I watched more hockey, which I have said multiple times on this podcast that I want to do. So we'll deal with the blunder there. The blunder is going to get posted on social media because this is too too funny, and I wish I had the camera rolling for this, which also let us know if you want us to do more video segments with the camera because if you want, if you want us to do more video segments with the camera, I am more than happy to do so. JC is also probably willing to want to throw up a camera. We'll see. I shouldn't say probably because we know that JC is not the most social person when it comes to sharing the life out there. He does it for the show. He did it for the card opening, so we'll see and talk to him. But I will definitely, if you guys are looking for it, we can post something more video-related on the social medias if you guys are looking to enjoy that. So, with that, I mean, there that I pretty much covered everything on the show. And so, it's also, if there's any more challenges that you guys want us to, to kind of go through and talk about, we, we can do that. I mean, we are 100% down to do that. And as I crack open this, because I said I would crack open the mango one for the show, because here's the thing, guys. We are, we are a show for the people. Oh, the mango one is so good. I forgot how good that mango one is. But we are a show for the people. So if you guys want to see something with us, if you guys want to see us try to do a challenge that is within reason, <laughs> if it's eating more mustard on Oreos, count Nick out. But if you guys want to do it for the views, I guess I can mu- or I, I guess I can muster up the courage. I wish I had a cricket button on this podcast. I don't have. Here, here's the thing. So we this podcast board is from work. So I'm gonna click a button here and see if it actually records this. That is super, super loud. Sorry, that was an elk bugle. So there, there's my cricket. Oh, I do have a cricket button. There we go. Cricket for the fallen dad joke there. Hopefully this stops. Oh, Lord. I have not tried to press buttons on this podcast, so I apologize. Okay, it did stop. Thank God. I should be able to know my own equipment, but sometimes it gets a little too, too weird, and I don't know my own equipment. And so, but... Like I said, if you guys want to see us do something on the show, if you guys have a new drink for us to try, if you guys have food for us to try, if you guys have something, we'll try to do it. And we'll make sure we record it. We make sure we'll post it on social media. We'll make sure we get it to you guys in some sort of form. But you guys just got to keep letting us know. The Twitter's growing a little bit. The Instagram's growing a little bit. The TikTok. All of our channels are getting more views. So we appreciate you guys with the thanks. Let us know if you guys want to see more video game content. I mean, we'll be happy to post it. I've got an Elgato here in the apartment. I can fire that up. I can start recording some gameplay, and we can do a gameplay podcast. That would be fun as hell to try to figure out and do. We can see what we got. I mean, you guys just got to tell us what you want. We'll be happy to do it for you. Try to accomplish accomplish the goals that we have for the show. But we hope that JC will be able to join us in the next week. I mean, I know he's got he's been sick, and I mean, hopefully you guys are staying healthy. There has been a lot of sickness been going around, and I mean, it's been going around fast. It's kind of like a flu um, that's been going around. I don't think it's been too much of a big issue. I mean, we had a couple of guys here at my work that have gotten sick. Um, nobody here in the apartment so far, knock on wood, has fully gotten sick. I mean, we've had a little bit of the sniffles, and if you guys haven't heard, we had monstrous sneezes out there tonight. So... I mean, yeah, we're just kind of enjoying enjoying our time. The new office, we're still getting set up. We've had a little bit of some, with the holidays, we've had a little bit of some messes. So we'll get the office cleaned up hopefully this weekend after we have some people over. 
Um, and I'll make sure I get you kind of a little bit of an office tour. Um, if you guys want, we'll make sure to post that out on social media. But yes, guys, thank you so much for joining another episode of The Covert Show. We definitely hope that you guys check out all the movies that we recommend, even though if you guys aren't some movie people, we get it. Don't do that. But also, if you guys can leave reviews and try to make sure that you guys um, hit the like buttons on the podcast, hit likes and comment on everything that we post. I know that's a lot to ask for, but we really do appreciate it, kind of get our stuff moving. And we hope that you guys are enjoying the shows because, I mean, we love doing it for you. I love going solo at times just because it is fun to kind of give myself a brain a brain break and see what I can talk about, even though sometimes I can't focus on hockey. Sometimes I might think I have a little bit of a reading problem, which is probably true. I definitely do. I, I misspell a lot of words when I try to post, so I definitely have to go back and double-check. So if you see a spelling error on some of our social media posts, let us know. Give me some shit for it. But with as long-winded of this exit, has been we will let you guys go for the night hopefully you guys have an an excellent weekend and hopefully you guys are enjoying some time with your family but thank you so much for joining another episode of the covert show i have been nick entertaining you all night and we will see you guys on the next one